It's already November. Winter bands upon us, high school bands to closing out. The year just keeps on moving. Yeah, man, the indoor will be here before we know it. I'm sure we'll start seeing the age-old winter is coming, Game of Thrones references uh, aplenty. Um, and then everybody's pretty much set, but yeah. Then, of course, the inevitable every single indoor group under the sun gets to announce on social media this is going to be the best year they've ever had. Super excited about this group, and there's never been a group X better in the history of this ensemble. Like, it's so funny. I hope, it, I that, hope that's true because that'll be fun for me to watch. But oh, it'll be a great year, but it's it it never fails. Every year, drum corps is not quite as bad about it, but the indoor groups are real bad about like every year is going to be the best one this group's ever had going into it. And I get it; you don't want to be negative, obviously, but it just makes me smile every year. Yeah, but before we jump into winter, though, we're gonna do some backtrack, which I'm sure everyone can can kind of see from yeah. the title. Uh, before we introduce him, I'll let. Uh, Fantini, I'll let you do your spiel here. <clears throat> Welcome everyone to Aged Out Reacts. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Fantini, and with me as always is... Evan Worrell. And before we introduce today's guest, make sure you comment, like, subscribe on the video, head over to Facebook or Instagram, give us a follow so you never miss an update for the podcast or the YouTube channel or anything we're getting into these days. Uh, Patreon.com or hit the join button right here on YouTube if you want to support us financially at all, but if not, we love the viewership and appreciate appreciate it above all else. Can you tell I've done that a few times? You, you're getting better <laughs> at it. So, but yeah, joining us uh, from Alexandria, Virginia. Is that what you said, I believe? Um, Mr. Matt Penland. What's up, dude? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going, man. We're just chilling. Um, it's ironic. We were talking about indoor, but we're joined by someone who was just saying that never really got into the indoor scene. Uh, we'll kind of talk about that in a second where you, why not but uh yeah man um i think that it's awesome that you are in the position that you are in with your team and your co-rangers and what you're doing uh because there are obviously many iconic and prolific arrangers that have been around the activity for a while but i just love when we get a fresh injection of kind of the younger generation because it's what has to happen in order for this to sustain and keep going and have rock solid ensembles for years and years uh but yeah why don't you for those of you that may not know you as well as uh as we do give a little bit of backstory on kind of what you've done where you've played where you've taught what you're doing now and then and then obviously your current gig and stuff yeah um so yeah I, right now my current gig is in alexandria virginia i'm a percussionist in the air force band stationed in washington dc um yeah, I started in the ceremonial band. Actually, Tom Rarick was my section leader when I when I got in. Nice. Now, now I play. In, I switched over uh, pretty much across the hallway, and now I play in the concert band. So all all the stuff you see behind me is me learning my music, and you know it's essentially professional version of the concert band. Um, but my roots are in marching percussion, obviously, and still, you know, everything outside of my Air Force band life is marching percussion still, which is what I was hoping would happen when I was younger, you know. So I, I started marching. Yep. Yeah, honestly, uh, I started marching at Crossman in high school for a couple of years, and then I marched Carolina Crown. I grew up in North Carolina, so it was like my home team core. I finally got to make Carolina Crown um, right before I left high school. Went over to North Texas for my undergrad. Met Paul Rennick and all those guys, and that was when we were still a Phantom Regiment. So I marched Phantom Regiment 2009 and 2010, and then I still had one season left when he 
first moved to Vanguard. So I came and aged out at Santa Clara's last year. I uh, taught there for 10 years, if you include COVID year, um, Dang. which was amazing time. You know, that was like the bulk of my learning how to teach and learning, you know, more about the writing and all of that. And this whole time, me and my best friend, Tyler Sammons, have been writing together for high school since, man, I think we were like 20. We got our first gig. We used to be roommates. So we were best friends in undergrad and we used to write on the same computer. We literally shared his computer because I didn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> and we like shared surveillance and we take turns writing these parts and it evolved, evolved <laughs> more and more until we finally, we got our first gig at music city drum corps, um, 2019. And we're there until last summer when we got the gig at Phantom. This was our first summer writing at Phantom, which was obviously an amazing full circle moment for me and Tyler. Oh, I'm sure having marched there, you yeah. know, he marched there for three summers and I marched there for two summers. And yeah, when we finally got, you know, that phone call and we knew that it was going to happen. It was just like a really, we tried to take a second. I remember we called each other and just been like, this is what we talked about like 10 years ago, this is going to happen. And so, you know, it's not lost in us the importance in like the gravity and, and how important this type of gig is. It's, it's even more important to us because of the history. Sure. That's awesome. You spent most of your time or all of your time, I guess, playing quads, even uh, throughout high school, mostly right. Playing tenors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely yeah one single track, six summers in DCI on quads. My back will. I was getting ready to say, does your back later. thank you for that every morning? <laughs> thankfully, honestly, thankfully, my wife Carolyn is a physical therapist, and oh, she does perfect. like legit give me exercises and helps me like get through those things so that it's gonna last longer than it would have without her. Heck right, yeah, right. heck yeah. There's some pretty sick videos of you in high school playing because uh, you guys wore like kilts at your high school, didn't you? Oh yeah, man, definitely. <laughs> Scotland High School represent Scotland yeah. County. I went, lived in Scotch Meadows. Yeah, it was like diehard. This little tiny farm town in North Carolina called Lorenberg, and yeah, the whole marching band wears kilts. My my thing that I say, which is true, is that I the first show I ever did at Crossman, like in uniform, was the first time I ever marched and wore pants, like in my <laughs> life. And I remember like not having registered that until we were like marching in the show at my first DCI show and I was like this feels weird that there's like I'd only been in shorts or a kilt ever it was just like that's hilarious experience yeah I guess you can get away with that in North Carolina uh there's definitely Fair. people in like the northern states that do fall band they're probably like no freaking way yeah right <laughs> so cool. yeah you're right um there would always be like one game where it was too cold but yeah by the time it was really cold we were done yeah yeah that's convenient. funny so um go ahead Mike no you so you said you started like your first drum corps writing and running a program gig was MCDC, right? Yeah. So I, eventually I want to get into, because obviously we wanted to start, just everybody out there knows a gate roadmap for this whole thing. Talk to Matt a little bit, let him go over his background. Then we'll get in and watch the Phantom Regiment, like percussion ensemble run at the end of the season. Uh, so we'll get to that in a minute. But how did, did you just apply or did you have connections at MCDC to get that gig? What was that process like as a young like young blood getting into that side of the game. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough. It was actually through um, a coworker in the Air Force band that I knew. You know, a lot of people in the Air Force band have connections or came up through marching, especially mm -hmm. through in the ceremonial band that I was starting in. And a French one player had just retired and taught a lot of marching men in the area. So we knew each other through that. And he got the gig as the um, core director at MCDC. And he was like going to move down there. Mm -hmm. And it was his second, I think it was his second year going to be the core director. And he called me up and 
because he knew I did a lot of writing in the Virginia, Northern Virginia area. And he like wanted a brand new face. It was just really lucky that he was a friend of mine and he gave me that chance. And that was like our first foray that same season. Actually, I should not remiss not to mention that we also in 2009 started writing for 2019 started at guardians mm. and we had connection there through Adam Crowback, who, who was the previous core director, who was a friend of ours who marched at Vanguard. So it kind of, we got the open class and the kind of the lower level world class thing at the same time. You guys really did some awesome stuff too at MCDC. That yeah, show, and years. I guess, was it the Rainbow Gasoline or something? Yeah, Gasoline Rainbow. So gasoline really Rainbow show. It was really cool. Um, and a lot of just fresh content. I remember, I didn't know you were there uh, at the time, and I just remember seeing um, some videos because there's a student at a high school that I worked with teaching there. I was like, who's writing this? And so I looked it up and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, Josiah was playing bass drum. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's great for us. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, so when Phantom decided to make some changes uh, or people decided to step away or whatever the case may be, I remember the first thing I was talking to people about it. I remember I was talking to Josh Bricky. I was like, dude, you know who they should hire? And I told him your name. And he's like, that actually would make a lot of sense. Uh, and then when I saw it, I was like, all right, there it is. <laughs> uh, but that's pretty cool that you and Tyler, you know, kind of had that vision and spoke it into existence. Uh, and I'm sure, obviously, have graduated from sharing a computer, which I can only imagine <laughs> was like, dude, did you save the files? Did you save the files? <laughs> Man, yeah, it was wild. We used to, I mean, we shared a bedroom. We were, you know, when you're an undergrad and you're trying to save money, mm -hmm. there's like four of us in a three bedroom and me and Tyler had our little twin beds next to each other in like one computer. It was like total undergrad life. <laughs> but I can't imagine too. It's like, well, I want to do this here. So you're going to have to change that. Or like, I want to do this here. So you're going to have to change that. Like, instead of just like emailing it to somebody or like sending them a file to upload, it's like, just change it right now. <laughs> we're probably I mean, aspects even, of that that now, we're more efficient. Yeah. I was going to say, even now we usually would just like instantly call each other and Tyler's, you know, he teaches at a high school, but he will even usually, if he has like a five second break, he'll just like answer the phone real quick and be like, yeah, what's this thing? Okay. Yeah. We're really good about just trying to pick up really quick because the texting and the emailing, yeah, it just takes forever. Right. 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 For sure. Um, and then also, I guess this summer too, was this JD's first summer back at Phantom? No, he was back the previous summer as well. Okay. All right. I don't yeah. keep up with that world as much, but I knew he was pretty, <laughs> pretty new back into it. Uh, is awesome and obviously the core had a very successful summer not even just from a competitive standpoint from just you know putting out a really good product yep. uh, which we'll get into and then we'll talk about just some of the design process some of the inspiration i know before we got on we we're talking about some of the implementation uh and just the ideas behind that but uh yeah so do you want Unless to start there or do you want to start with like how the start in the camp season and just like go through the season what are you thinking yeah yeah i guess that makes sense chronologically um mm -hmm. But, you know, Jared Quartz is a good friend of ours who did a little bit, I guess, on the very front end uh, with you guys. And obviously, March Phantom with Jared. Um, and he had told us about, like, yeah, I'm sure just with the transition of having a new staff coming in that, you know, we heard that the registration wasn't, like, great. I'm sure some people were probably like, well, we don't know who these people are yet. So, like. Yeah, full new staff plus a younger staff that's a lesser known name in the activity or in the arranging game at this point. But yeah. So yeah, was the was, winner uh, pretty trying or pretty like nail biter at first? Yeah. I mean, we, we still had a couple 
like really strong players show up and we knew that was going to happen. I mean, we did have some, thankfully we had like the connection with the players we had top from MCDC where they were probably ready to go to a different core anyway. So it worked out well that we got a lot of, of our personal student vets, I guess, I don't know what we would call them, but students that we had taught before that knew the system that came to Phantom. And that was really lucky that, you know, they were willing to make that type of change with us. So that helped a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it turned out great, but you're mm -hmm. probably right. I mean, think about when we were auditioning, you know, like I auditioned at places because of the names probably, you know, I, I wasn't usually the person that auditioned because of the drum corps. Although that was like a nice side effect, but you know, I would go to places because Paul Rennick was there, because Lee Bedders was there, or whatever. Like, right. so if, yeah, people know just like my quad video of me in a kilt. That's probably not like enough of a reason. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, we're already started auditions this season, and, and it's definitely an uptick now that people see what it is. Oh yeah, like see the system. I'm sure. Yeah, but you guys I had think... you go guys ahead, had Mike. like a extremely considering a first year staff at a at a new organization, you had an extremely successful competitive season percussively. I mean, the core overall had a great year, a great summer, but I thought you guys did a phenomenal job. And I mean, like the placements and everything kind of show that for a, for a first year staff at an, at, an, at an organization experiencing a changeover like that. It's just, so I would uh, fully expect, like you just said, that you all would have like way higher turnout this year compared to last year after having this solid summer. What's yeah, I mean, the vet situation like? No, sorry. Um, no, I was gonna say it, it was amazing. I mean, there's a lot, a big learning curve for it. Like, we've had this core team together for a couple of years, you know, especially me and Tyler and Cheese or Jesus. Most people call him Cheese, but the three of us, you know, are the core team that we've been together teaching for a long time. And as soon as, you know, like we even heard about him, the first person we call is Cheese just to make sure he's on board because he's part mm -hmm. of the team. And and um, I I should say now, you know. It's really Tyler and Cheese are the ones that are there on the boots on the ground doing the teaching. Um, I I do a lot in the off season and I do the the arranging and stuff. But when this when it comes to the summer, I, I'm there ten days on a good summer just because of my work. So like the end result is definitely me in the background. Tyler and Cheese are the ones because of their availability and their mm -hmm. amazing teachers that are there making it what it is. Well, that makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. Um, well, we'll, we'll come back to this upcoming audition on the back end. I'm right, right. The red carpet for that. But yeah, let's jump into, uh, some Exogenesis Phantom Regiment 2023. Um, this has the battery and the front that you'll be able yep. to hear. So it's kind of a great full musical package. Uh, shout out to Robert Martinez. I believe this is one of his videos. It is. Uh, it is. Our base 311 which, you know, again, just being there to document this for the members to have uh, and also obviously for us to have to watch. Uh, so shout out Drum Corps Coffee Shop. Go follow, like all their stuff. Be in the know. Yep. Yep. Comment, like, subscribe. Thanks, Same deal. You all know the drill. All right. I should have switched scenes now. You both can see still screen share. Yep. All right. Let's jump in and then I'm sure we'll stop very quickly. There's that washboard stuff you were talking about. The ribbon crashers. All the different textures yeah. and colors. Just super Based creative. Based on the wood. 
pause it for a second so I sure. can give this other company the right credit they deserve. So like everyone kept calling those ribbon crashers. I guess they are a variation on a ribbon crasher, but this is from this company called Creative Percussion. It's I think it's literally creativepercussion.com. And so we can talk about the washboard thing too, but I I use all my buddies at the Air Force Band as a resource all the time. And I they're always like hearing me, my woes about writing, whatever, and they're all Every day I'm like coming in and I'm like, yeah, I got to write this open for Phantom and I really want to try at least cool new sounds. And one of my buddies who's a drum set player, Dan Dowling in the Air Force band just said like, oh, check out this website. And he like had one of these things that are magnetic and he threw it on the toms on the drum set. And it's like a Wiro stack so you can scrape across it. Right? You, it. You'll see a couple times if you replay it, they make some scraping sounds and some hitting sounds. So it's like kind of a dual instrument and it's all magnetic. And that was really important to me because what I hate about Ribbon Crashers I try never to write them in high school is that they, ha you just like, you have to keep them on the drum and then you just end up having to use them all the time, mm -hmm. you know, cause if they're there, you like get, you get critiqued if you don't use them. So it's so important to me that we could take it away and put it away. So you'll notice we only use it a couple of times in the show and nobody ever commented on it cause it fits in the sick bag and it's this tiny little sliver creative percussion.com and we flip it off, disappears. That's super Same cool. Reason That's, that we did the washboard thing. That's really smart. We cut, we cut the washboards to be the exact width and size of a Vic Firth bag if you take out, or an innovative bag, I guess in this case, if you take out the seam in the middle, so they just disappeared into a stick bag without a seam in the middle, and then we never had to use them again. And that was a really important thing because it's just, you know, lessons you've learned from like BOA and things when you have a gawk block on the drum for the whole time, and then I, I just feel boxed in a corner writing for it all the time. Right, right. That's super cool, super creative. Creativepercussion.com, heck yeah. Yep. Yeah, Go check it out, everybody. Got some amazing product. It's all like metal you know, the, the guy is just working with metal to create mm -hmm. all these different sizes and shapes. It's, it's really neat. Heck cool. yeah. I love it. Right. So we backed up so we can catch all that stuff we just talked about. So we'll give this yeah. another shot here. Definitely a lot of independence. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's like some of the scraping in the left hand. It's really subtle, but it's, you can tell really easily when you're up on it. When you are up on it. <laughs> Maintaining rhythmic clarity coming on and off that thing too is difficult. Really well done. Yeah, Cheese talked about that a lot during the summer. So here's like one of the times you could actually hear the washboard sound where it's really isolated with the horn soloist. Yeah, there was obviously a lot of interplay back and forth between all the yeah. sections, but I know we I love that about little it. part at the end. We, we can talk about the washboard thing. I guess I keep saying washboard, yeah, sure. but I didn't even really talk yeah. about it. That was just, I guess, interesting backstory. That started as another, I was trying to think of a different sound and same thing. I was like in the, our back storage room at work. We just have all these percussion instruments and I'm like hitting all these different things. And I really wanted to use, have you guys ever seen the, the drumstick? It's called like a, a rasping stick and it's like a drumstick with all these ridges in it. Yeah. So you can yep. kind of scrape it. Yep. Um, and Andy Akiho uses it in a bunch of pieces and we were using an Andy Akiho piece for the drum break. So I was like trying to find a way to tie it all in. So I got this rasping stick and it sounds really cool when you rub it against like a temple block with a really sharp edge wooden edge and i found a way and i wrote a whole part i wrote a whole like two minute intro for the quads with like a temple block on drum four we spent multiple camps learning it 
with this rasping stick and it just wasn't loud enough and then finally one of the quad techs was like what if we just flip it and you get like the wood is ridged and then we can just use regular sticks and it was riley sophie just came up with this idea where he's like you should just like get a washboard or something like that and he said that and i just like googled it found a washboard on amazon and like cut it to fit into the drum and it was 20 times louder than what we were doing before and then we didn't have to buy a special stick or anything so it's kind <laughs> of like 10 steps later this was the end result was the ability to just like use a mallet just made it a little bit louder and i liked the idea that we we're like using multiple implements yep makes sense you never just know where something's organically gonna flow and somebody's like why don't we just do this and you're like yeah why did why didn't we do that yeah. from the beginning and that's <laughs> what we call the creative process everybody <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll catch the tail end of that again and let it keep going into that front moment. A little Mars reference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love Pearl drums. <laughs> Good roll. I love Pearl and Dynasty drums. <laughs> So pause. So this is a pretty long, extended, like, build up into this big climax, into the dun 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 dun. Just a really long, extended phrase where there's a lot of trading back and forth, um, some like micro phrasing that builds into the the big full moment. And I know you guys started pretty far back, like side one, um, and then the front ensemble too is offset side two. So I'm sure from like an ensemble timing standpoint like all season work and that ends like all right we gotta we gotta arrive together team uh but i just love those long phrases where it takes a long time to develop and then you kind of get the payoff at the end oh yeah i mean that's um that's something i i try to be conscious of and i like as i'm arranging more and more years trying to get better at if i like had to critique myself that's the critique i get and when i listen back to my own music is like the best arrangers and like the coolest reminds we listened to or used to listen to when we were kids did these crazy long phrases. Mm -hmm. Like when I think of like the early 2000s Vanguard, Jim Casella type things. And, and it's just in my DNA to kind of write little licks. And I keep trying to pull away from that. And, and JD is great at like kind of fostering that in us and reminding us. And at, for example, at this beginning of the show, you know, he was like, really see if you can make it wait until that moment you're talking about the muse, bum, 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 bum would be like a real first arrival. Right. Yep. And and the implements helped with that, like adding those sounds and then being able to like take away a layer, you know, automatically had it the orchestration like crescendoed by taking sounds away and moving to the drums and you know it, it helped with that. Definitely. It keeps it moving forward without having to write a lot of density just by changing the color and the timbres. So makes sense to yeah. me. Yeah, keep and the macro phrase. One thing we learned... No, go ahead. If there's one thing we learned this summer is that density is not always the best idea. You know, like right, it's, right. it's unnecessary depending on where you are on the field. And like you just said, we started, you know, backside one. We're gradually moving forward really slowly. There's no reason to write all these crazy licks until it's actually exposed. Just because you're playing the game a little bit, you just need to write what's musically appropriate until and you effective, have the window. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's the trick of keeping the macro phrase in the big picture building the whole time yet keeping all the little micro moments within it interplaying in, in an interesting way that still builds at the same time Let's see let's keep going yep 
takes a count on solo, going over top. I love the base run mirroring on that run with the triplet roll. Now we've obviously have a very drastic style shift kind yeah. of in the velocity. Like the first little protection moment with the rock out. It's like straight up used. <laughs> Not hiding it at all. Yeah, I love music, especially this era. Little drum fill. Trying to find a reason to get some different, you know, leave the eighth notes. There's so many in a row that it was like, this one fill has to be five ones. <laughs> yeah, because obviously a lot of rock music is very square at times. So finding those ways to yeah. deviate with the variety for sure. <laughs> All right, where can we create a pocket? I find, my, oh. yeah, I find myself doing that a lot when in the arranging, and I'm just like, go back. I'm like, okay, we've been playing eighth notes for like two minutes. <laughs> I gotta like, <laughs> if you find the right time to play, you put in like one triplet or one little five, that's like a really memorable moment. Mm -hmm. So we, we really hadn't played any like half note fivelets until that, you know, eight counts. I just leaned into it for the entire eight counts. Yep. And it shifts the velocity. You get that like that just... push of like the, the gas pedal a little bit and then back off. So, and the yeah, unexpected nature the of, the, of the random rhythm to the audience member or the judge is got super effective. You know, when you've been playing one feel for yeah. while, even like two counts of a different rhythm can just smack the judge in the face or the audience member, just super impactful as a, as a listener. <clears throat> Excuse me. I remember the first, first time I played it, or maybe it was like the first camp, one of the staff members, um, on like brass app or something was like leaned over to me and they were like that con that rhythm confuses me and i was like good <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it's supposed to do point, is that it's supposed <laughs> to like confuse you and then everyone comes in on one and i was like all right that just told me i accidentally nailed it yeah <laughs> mission accomplished <laughs> <laughs> yeah usually if the brass can't feel it it's all right yep <laughs> Another kind of percussion transition slash feature moment, definitely heavy in the keyboards. And this student had a ton of mix meter between six eight, five eight, three four, like a, a good tune, a chance to like feature the brass with the like the right tempo for sixteenth notes plus the mix meter, but added a little extra difficulty. What was the source on that one? The source material? So this was, um, it was this brass band arrangement. Okay. Oh yeah, as if a voice were in them is what it's called from. Okay. Waspy is the guy's name, Oliver Waspy. It's a, it's, we get a, a lot of really amazing source material from these like British bass, brass band competition pieces that are, you know, they, they've lent themselves perfectly because especially for the movements we're trying to show off the brass. So JD found this piece and I don't know if he had known it for a while, but it, it like, we can use this verbatim and it will feature the brass, right? As long as we can find the right tempo. So most of the beginning of this, we're all supportive, you know, all the rest soloists were coming in underneath and then we fade back away just to add a transition so we can shift the eyes to the next soloist type of thing. Mm -hmm. Nice. Right, Go nice. back a little bit. Did you back up? Go, I backed up some. You want okay. to back up more? Yeah, no, well, just to the be kind of beginning of this, I was going to catch it. Yeah, this is like horn solo. 
ensemble sneaks in at the end. And then little like 16 counts of front ensemble, but we disappear right away back to horns. Trumpet's playing 16 counts over top of us the whole time. Yeah, we switched to the 6-8, now we're back to the 3-4. We spent a lot of time like trying to play with should I outline the 6-8 constantly and make it too obvious, or can you like, you know, if we have someone else outlining 6-8, you can play with the accent so you can you know, make the audience feel the three over two, depending right. on the moment. That's smart. Also, like, kind of the change up with the feet speed, too. Oh, there's a ton of it, yeah. I think there's even a couple of moments here where the snares and quads are different. Yeah, like right here. The snare parts kind of work better in three, four, so we just changed their feet, but the quad part was definitely in six, eight. So we just asked the visual people, you know, it doesn't make any difference. Their drill's separate. Nice. That's cool. Smart. Subtle that too. was one of the moments we used the washboard that it probably didn't come across, but I really liked that part, so I tried to it. <laughs> Long build. Do like 6-8 groove right here. You can't hear, but this is like an example. You can kind of play away, play around with the accents here because in the front ensemble we had like literally a simple cowbell showing everyone in the audience that we're in 6A, you know, we're in 6A. <laughs> so you can play around with the other accents. Sometimes you gotta spoon feed it on a first yeah. read. It ended up working amazing. You know, I this think that. Oh, well, yeah. it's at the end of the phrase anyway. But yep. yeah, you know, sometimes you only get one read. So you want it to come across comfortable for the audience, but also for the adjudicators too. It's oh, like, yeah. well, we want, we want you to get this. Like we're going to drive it home. Yep. So, and I think from experience doing a little bit of judging too, there's nothing better than when you just get something, you're like, Oh, mm -hmm. I see exactly what you're trying to do here. If that makes sense. Like yeah. it's good. That's for, exactly like, what happened. Yeah. <laughs> the judging the and... were like, is this supposed to be a groove? And we were, and we were all like, yeah, of course. Cause we, were, we know the parts in our, yeah. 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 So then I think it was JD who's finally like, let's just give him the quarter notes. And then everyone loved it because everyone understood it. You know, and right. you're like, oh, right. We should have thought it should have thought of that to begin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like evolution you said, of a show. Like you said, Evan, I mean, what's person that judges finals, what do they maybe have seen a core three times? There's stuff. Right. I mean, I, I I watch videos a ton, and I miss stuff on uh, until like the sixth read. So like, maybe. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some people looking back at the panel. I'm sure they probably saw everybody at least a couple times. But I'm sure that doesn't yeah. always happen. No, for sure. You might have somebody judging finals, or one of the three nights of only saw you one other time at the Allentown or, Regional week before, or something, or especially whatever. Especially in like the upstairs box, like music analysis, like that may be their first time judging you in that caption. Maybe they were in mm -hmm. uh, music GE at another show or something else, you know, just a different caption. So yeah, so I'll never hold it against a group to make something obvious. Just from a competitive standpoint, it makes sense by the nature of the activity. So yeah, absolutely. That was definitely a lesson learned this summer. <laughs> Very the, different uh, the main main drum break of the show, Andy Kehoe piece. Velocity jump for sure. Nowhere to no one. Drum break. Mm. Mm. Go back. Good use of like the press stroke in there too to just create a quick like 
pause, breath, like yeah. pause. It's like a visual and musical pause, like clear the clear the air. The palate. yeah, it's a palate cleanser before and, the end of the phrase. It also just gives I don't know. I, it's like back to what I was talking about that five lit fill that I did in the opener. It's like adding an extra little sound just to kind of throw you off because mm -hmm. sometimes for me I think especially with this music, this Andy Keo music, like the cool effect was like not really being sure where the beat was. The whole thing was written in seven, eight and we wrote it out in seven, four, but so I kind of like the idea that you weren't sure what time sinks were in and adding a press buzz on an offbeat just made it more confusing. And then you just feel it, you know, cadence at the end with that easy rhythm, you're like, Oh, that's where it was. And then you, you just didn't have time to think about it. You know, mm -hmm. I did a seven. I like that feeling as a listener when I'm watching drumline. So I, you know, that's like my favorite thing in a break yeah 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 like when it's just the same all the time you're like all right it's like i don't know it gets stale <laughs> it run, when it stays the same it runs the risk of overstaying its welcome you know for the audience it's like okay sure. where are we going here yep nice bass yeah this is us coming down from you know behind the back hatch getting our moment finally Yeah, I mean, same same idea there. I was just like trying to put rhythms over the bar line until the very end, make it line back up. Good threes. Threes, yeah. Was it the same hand? I think so. Yeah, same hand, plan five at the end. I love those. Go back. Go back. Yeah, go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with the quads too, you know, just like it's. I think it's easy. Well, me saying this as a snare drummer, but like when I'm watching quads, it's easy for people to just like, oh, we're moving around, like just like stay in the same meter. It's like, all right, like you're playing a lot of 16 notes. It's crazy. I probably can't play it, but like, like what you're saying, just give me something like different in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's two ways to do it. I think, and you'll see in our other drum break, you know, before the closer, we kind of tried to do the opposite, where we played like a same skill set over and over. So it's like that's the you know two sides of the grayscale mm -hmm. yeah overly complicated rhythms and that just makes it hard and you hope that like the judge notices how many rhythms you're playing or you just play singles as fast as you can and then that's display like the cowbell you know what i mean display the but consistency of it yeah 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 the groups that do both are usually the ones that win you know yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the, the what's the thing on the sheet evan the uh difference of skill sets or range of skill sets whatever it is uh, like it's range of skill it's not sets difficulty variety. on the sheets we've said it on here um, just as on here before it's not difficulty it's it's variety that's the word i couldn't think of variety, variety of skill yeah. sets demonstrated or whatever it is so yeah you gotta know the sheets too yep I love egg beaters. Yeah, it's like so, a nine lit sticking egg beater and singles at the end. So like five plus four, <laughs> egg plus four at the end. That was like, that measure I remember happened live at a camp where we were learning it. And then me and Cheese were both standing there as the snares were learning it. And we both were like, I think that needs one more measure. And then we just like, Cheese was like, what about this sticking? And then we were like, what about this sticking? And then we just added 
that weird sticking at the end. <laughs> Classic Adelic. Yeah, yeah, it was just like it seemed like the, the crescendo should last longer. We needed that suspended symbol to keep going. Those are the best moments when you're just doing it live and all the organically like, like oh, that. Feels, yeah, yeah. This accidentally feels amazing to play, and you're like, great, it's in. <laughs> it feels good, and it, it sounds feels hard, right. It's, it's in, probably right. right. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Coming up with something weird that, like, I don't know why this feels good, but it does. It's just like, all right, well, we'll just roll with it. Yes, it's always a huge win. This is Rachmaninoff, Piano Concerto. Tyler killed it with this, this part of the arrangement. Good opportunity. It's got the rubato in there that they, they handled that so well. It was the soloist, too, and, like, the push and the pull written in the music. And, yeah, it's amazing. Good opportunity. I love those little trails he wrote. Mm -hmm. Virtuosity. When's the last When's the last time you see Full Marimaline play a role, and then like a four-stroke trill into the <laughs> next note? I love mm -hmm. that he wrote that. The rhythm changes. Was the Tiffany player playing vibes just then? Yeah. So we had a cool the end. Vibraphone also played two timpani, so we didn't have a dedicated timpanist. He okay. he did both. Yeah, exactly. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, that's sweet. really cool. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it was just like a couple moments in the show that, and Tyler is a timpanist. You know, he played timpani for five summers in DCI, so he he's just like, well, there's a couple moments in the show that need, you know, like I need a timpanist. So, but we didn't have the numbers and we didn't have the space on the truck. There's all these back and forth. So the compromise was well then. Give us two timpani and i'll just make the most important parts there which i think I, probably made it way more fun for austin that he got to do both the whole got summer. to do both yeah i love yeah. the sound of timpani and just the it way it can so much the warmth and like depth it can add to a phrase yep. uh, i know logistically it's not everyone's favorite <laughs> not, not uh, fun always it's not everyone's shoot. favorite thing to to lug around or pack or transport but i mean they're just yeah it's a unique sound. It's really hard mm -hmm. to replicate it, like electronically. You know, you don't see people really doing that anymore because it, none of it's it's always sounds manufactured. But it's it's just something about. I agree, like the depths of sound of a real drum that you can't you can't and get actually, anywhere else. He probably played that. Did he march in 2010 with you? Yeah. So he probably played this. Then one of the one that's always really easy for me to pick up my brain is like at Phantom in 2010. You guys get to the end of the quad phrase. You got You got Do 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 do. And it like leads in down like you can just hear it like it fills in with into the the full bradit uh, battery moment out of the the quad feature i'm like yeah that's a great run yeah I remember, <laughs> I remember when yeah i remember when he added that in live like in the rehearsal paul rennick was like can we i feel like we need to be here can you just play this five lit you know can you can you pick up that five lit and tyler was like yeah play the five lit <laughs> i got it that's a great one so it's so cool and you hear stories like that of so many people so many summers of drum corps of just like so many iconic moments came out of just organic ideas in the middle of rehearsal. Just in the moment, it's like, oh, just put that right there. And then it's like a moment that people talk about how many years later now? 13 years later. I've, <laughs> I've heard people time and time again talk about, and the, those always end up being like great stories they have, nostalgic memories of that season, and just, just iconic moments come out of that organic nature of the activity. You know, you plan so much in the preseason – and you just get get in it in in the thick of things, and you're like, oh no, change this, switch this, add this, and try this, and 
it's so cool just how these shows develop throughout the summer. I think one thing uh, Lauren talked about too when we were talking with her was kind of the approach that, you know, I'm sure you and Tyler learned a lot from this as well and probably implement was just like learning how to fit music with the rest of the the pieces. And she would always talk about too when we talked with her, like, yeah, they would say like, all right, put this crash at the end of like the mellow moment, not like, hey, I want you to put this on beat three of bar 58 or whatever that can mean. It's like, no, fit it at the end of this crescendo, we're going to have a concert symbol or whatever. Uh, And just learning how your part fits with the whole. Um, I always take that to heart just hearing it from her on this podcast. I was like, that makes so much sense. And like, I try to always instill that with like the high schools I work with, like put this at the end of the, the bass drum run, like just listen for it. You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I think that's definitely true of the way that we were talking. I mean, Lauren was there all those years with us too. And it's just like speaking to, I do this with my high school students too. Like you just said, you like speaking about the music, like in phrases rather than like making it a math problem, you know, just like, giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to understand these musical terms or if they don't, they're going to figure it out and it's going to make them just more aware of the bigger picture. And, and when I'm teaching the music at Phantom, the few times I actually get to be there at the camp to teach it, I'm, I'm often telling the whole progression ensemble, right? This is a transition moment going to the melophone thing. You haven't heard it yet, but this is what you should expect when the horns are coming and let's play just these four counts because this is a transition, you know, and we like to explain it that way ahead of time. So they're framing it in their minds the same way we were when we wrote it in hopes that, you know, some of those small nuances might come across sooner. Right. Because, I mean, when you write it, or even when you just, like, listen to music on the radio, you're not, like, thinking, like, one, two, three, four. (laughs) You know, you're just, like, you're grooving. You're just listening to the the music and the lyrics. So, like, that stuff makes sense, because then it, it makes it more consistent to me in my experience, too, just with high school kids, even. It's like, I don't trust that you're gonna count yeah like this the whole time and i also don't (laughs) want you like micro thinking about the Mm -hmm. show that way (laughs) like relax your brain think about the it almost never works (laughs) we don't need you do doing calculus on the field or statistics like just feel it uh, this is i teach actually this is a good segue because i have this issue (laughs) sometimes i teach at a math and science and technology high school down the street it's called thomas jefferson high school it's honestly it's one of like the top high schools in the country academically you know, a lot of kids, it's like a private high school almost. And um, they're all crazy gifted and not music usually. <laughs> Trying to get them <laughs> to think about phrases is really a struggle, but I do it almost more on purpose with these students to try to get them out of their like really meticulous, because they all yeah. want to count one and a two and every measure. And I always just like love the process of trying to get them out of that. It's really fun. Yeah. Get out my protractor and my Bunsen burner and figure now out that why. They're going to watch this and and make fun of me for saying that rehearsal but hey man <laughs> they all figure it out and they're great musicians What's, as well nothing wrong with being a math person all right ones and zeros make the oh, world no. go around definitely not that's that's mike for sure he's a math yeah. person i have a oh, I, have, I have a graduate degree in math so i was always that kid oh, wow. that was okay. ones and zeros and counting the rhythms hearing them in my head the whole time and it's why i only ever played snare drum it was a math problem the whole time yeah, Mike's like, what What count is this? I'm like, I don't know. It's just there, da, 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 we, I don't know. We would be in rehearsal, and Evan would sometimes, even at X and stuff, like my last season in the activity, he would just look at me. And like, he could tell my brain was like short circuiting, trying to like put some body to something. And he's like, dude, shut up, stop thinking, and just, just do, it. do it. And the next just, rep, I'd just like, full send. I'd just like <laughs> turn the switch off. And the next rep was always like 13,000% better. 
It was awesome. It was just like well, turn of off time, that bath. Sorry, we're going down a rabbit hole. Most of the time That's too, fine. like X, like the the music wasn't like written down. We were just like it's like what you and Cheese were talking about at like camp. It's like, oh, this feels good. Like Tim was just teaching it to us. Like this yeah. works. Like this sticking. We're like, what rhythm is that? He's like, I don't, I don't know. know. It's these stickings in this space. Yeah, All right, he, here we one go. point he was like, it's thirteen <laughs> notes in two and a half counts. Or like, like whatever right, it was, and go. I was like, okay, we'll just <laughs> okay, sure. f- fit this yeah. in here somehow. <laughs> I still remember that sticking, actually. So uh, I probably do too, actually. Double, that's, double, yeah, we're not going to go left or, or right, left. But yeah, it was fine. weird. So there's that random aside. Right, here let's, we get go. Back back. To, let's get back Timpani. to Panama and finish the show out. Like that from Dan and Travis. Playing timpani and vibes, great. Yeah, back where we left off. The huge ballad hit where like off to the side kind of behind the horns this was actually amazing form but ended up being a hard timing thing because what you brought up at the beginning hit being kind of off centered we are like slightly off to the side one here stationary so constantly working on that and we did get a lot of credit for that people acknowledged that but it was like an unintended consequence of the really cool location of the pit reared its head many times in the summer. <laughs> this is me, you know, modulated to the nine lit at the end, just trying to make the whole note have some type of direction so we can move our hands faster. We're standing still so you didn't have to figure out the feet or anything, you know. <laughs> I gotta back up because I yeah, love those like, singles. A grouping of five lits within a bigger nine lit just so just because it, I remember I literally had to like play it back and make sure it was an okay speed, just trying to fit in enough notes. Mm-hmm. So like exciting. a nine lit over the course of like a full bar. I guess I guess I didn't. It's more like I was writing. I was just trying to write music to the dotted quarter note. It's really the mm-hmm. way. Okay. I guess okay. I should describe it. Most of it was based around nine lit figures, but yeah, dotted quarter note was like getting the beat in my head. I got you. I got you. Super impressive for them to feel the space between those singles, though. Just like crazy difficult. Sibelius or Finale had fun with that. <laughs> yeah. I get pretty in the weeds with like the way the music looks when I hit it to them. I'm very, I'm like the total notation guy. Like I, I have to make it right. <laughs> Definitely a downfall of my timing of getting music out. <laughs> Big bass break here. We'll take that one more time. Crazy singles. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll catch all this. This is the other big drum feature moment um, of the show that we got. We added about halfway through the season, actually. I'm not going to lie. When I saw some of the music early season, um, like, because you just see, like, the lot videos. I was like, I was like, all right, like, they're playing really well. Are they going to have, like, enough in the tank to, like, get them like up there at the end. And then when like, right. I actually saw the show in the field, I was like, all right, this makes way more sense. Made way more sense. Like the opportunities of exposure and like what was presented and when was presented, I was like, all right, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. We, we ended up by the end of the season having two real main moments and we just, you know, tried to concentrate everything to those two main moments. That's kind For of the sure. feedback we were getting too. Is like, you know, we can't go back there anymore. You got to be a little more strategic and um, lesson learned. We made a bunch of minor changes that ended up good by the end. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, let's get this bass start. 
Ooh. Nice. I love the bottom right. base throughout all that. You like egg beaters. I do really like egg beaters. I too, they're great. <laughs> I too like egg beaters. And then this is horns coming back in here, playing off their accents. So yeah, the this drum break was my, you know, my attempt at the other side of the, the scale was I'm gonna play eight paradiddles and paradiddles in a row on purpose and we're going to play a five-lit roll into a five-lit single all one height type of thing like this was my response halfway through the summer the, the feedback we're getting was like okay it's really intricate where's your other moment mm -hmm. you know so this was a response was like okay you're right i need to have both sides of the coin where's your you know? like ram moment like that yeah. you demonstrate yeah, like, you can just play some choppy stuff where's your notes at the first yeah. time like first time we listen to it i don't want to be confused you know that that's right. kind of what I was thinking of it as. Yep. Speaking of notation, though, and you being a uh, stickler for notation, do you do your egg beaters as five even notes, or is it like the three two? Always five even notes. All I will right. like change. That's the, the right way to do it. I have Correct to, answer. Like, yeah, it's like because <laughs> <laughs> I want them to be five even notes. It'd be really cool if they weren't. That'd be like a different harder skill, but. That's how I first yeah. saw it notated, though. Was like the in a sixteenth really? note with the sixteenth uh, note uh, triplet in the. To uh, like Anna, ooh, Anna, ooh, I was like, well, what is this? But then over time, I just saw them like in five lits and stuff. I was like, this makes way more sense. <laughs> it's a criminally underused rudiment in today's activity. Yeah, what was the? Um, I also wrote the book for Caballero's Drum Corps, the DCA Drum Corps, for a couple years. Mm -hmm. And I, there was one year I wrote like I think I wrote like thirty egg beaters. It was like something ridiculous. It was something where like the tempo works so well. And Mark Monahan, he loved it though. He was just like, "Wow, you, you, that's like the skill of the summer." I feel like <laughs> <laughs> when the tempo I mean, of the music tell you what to do, you know, you just you can't. It, it can pull from people too because you get the the right hand three without having to be good at threes in the left. Hand. There you <laughs> so, go, hundred percent. You get it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's an efficiency move. Efficiency move. All those little spaces in this phrase are sweet. Yeah, the horns are kind of doing like a stop time. You can hear it in the marimbos, they're outlining that part. part. I will say that's probably the one moment of this book so far where I feel like it did. I could hear the, the Vanguard or Paul Rennick influence. <laughs> the, the trading of the accents. Pause it real quick. Oh, yeah. go back. Between the flat Because that takes me yeah. back to like. Uh, like the 07 and like 07 book in the dramatic check it I get it I get it I get it like uh that's probably like the first moment in this entire thing that I felt like I can hear the influence of that on your life <laughs> oh yeah on, I mean I was there and life. playing it you know and at UNT and everything I mean I'm not trying to hide it like I play the you know I write the licks that come to my head and those are the licks I gravitate to because I'm you know such a fan of his writing too I try to yeah. always put my own little spin on it, but like at a certain point, I, if I write it the first time and I think it sounds really effective, you just you just try to leave it because you don't. I when I was younger, I feel like I made things worse because I was trying not to be, you know, a certain way. I didn't want to be in that box, you know. Maybe my first 
time writing for drum corps. And then I was just like, why, why am I doing that? I'm making things different than yeah, I had in my part, head. It's part of your upbringing. It's part of your education. Like it's going to be there no matter yeah, what, exactly. as hard as you try, like it's going to come out naturally because you spent so many years playing and in, in, in that system and way of thinking. So why fight Plus, it? I mean, everybody does that. I mean, it would be like you said, foolish to kind of like try to restrict that natural impulse. Cause even, you know, when we were, talking with scott johnson or mike mcintosh you know they're like throwing odes to like stuff they did with like tom float or like i know the colts had like the thurston lake and stuff and they're like yeah those things are just kind of like you know like why am i gonna fight it this is what i want here it works it's cool why not but i will say like that's kind of like a lot of the book feels fresh and like its own style Mm -hmm. but then obviously like you know your experience is your experience like i played for Lee for two summers so i'm sure if i wrote a book there'd be some things in there it's like all right this we're gonna we're gonna play some ninelets in here yeah i was gonna say probably some ninelets be in there from time to time i take i feel like i take some stuff from lee sometimes too and i take stuff from travis i mean i taught i taught travis's music for like six indoor seasons and i'm you know i just have that this is the most recent thing i taught and i don't know i just that year at carolina crown is really formative so i i still take things from there too obviously nothing was as as many years as it was under Paul, but I mean, I like to think I take something a little bit from everywhere. Yeah, makes sense. So some of the parts. Love that five lit on my quads. That was like a added two four bar for silence, and I was like, let's play five. We have two counts. Let's play five. That was like another. How can I make this? Yeah. Sneaking that four yeah, in there. Big Maestoso section, halftime. Roboto. Yeah. The big, huge, loud moment. It pours all in that, uh, like, diamond-shaped form. Go back to, like, trying to fit in dense rhythms in the middle of that space. Modulated to like the dotted eighth note a little bit. Same idea as the ballad. Kind of a recall. But that was, I mean, speaking of what we just talked about, actually, that's funny because that, like, I was trying to intentionally quote 03 Phantom. You know, that drum break at 03, they play like Forlitz, pair, pair, shot, shot, shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just just did it exactly as Forlitz 100% on purpose just seeing if anyone would notice he's noticed immediately he laughed i remember like when he saw that what i was doing but i just remember like when i was younger i loved that 03 phantom line and i put yeah. it under you know underneath like a 7f horn part that no one would really notice except unless you like watch the lot video but that i remember i did that on purpose as like kind of a thing to myself oh i love that like <laughs> and it works really well at this tempo and i don't think Paul will care there you i go. don't think so <laughs> Last tempo to the end. There's getting up on the prop here that we added towards the end of the season. Nice. Oh, I love that. That uh, PDD roll in the middle of that. Five lip pair roll. Yeah. yeah. 
mean, yeah, I get so impatient with gay jokes. <laughs> like, uh, I just make cheeses job harder. I'm just like, here's all the things I don't play in Atham more than one measure. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it keeps it fun for the members. I'm sure they're oh, going, yeah. all right, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome. Funky lick. Um, I mean, obviously, I think you guys killed it. Oh, yeah. First, you know, just kind of. It's not your first year arranging, but obviously your first year in a new team, a new system, a new brass, a new just core director, like just getting down the road different for obviously you said you weren't on tour as much, but just the whole team. Um, so, I, you know, I would only imagine the synergy will increase as the years are, are, are added up here going forward year two with the full team because you guys pretty much brought everybody back, right? That's where I was going to go is the staff pretty much going to be the same oh yeah it's same team i mean it's going to be yeah the team that we've built at music city you know we brought with us and i guess we added a couple more people when we got to phantom some of the younger teachers that aged out that we knew you know were up and coming and yeah we want to literally pick up right from where we left off nice and i know you uh we'll kind of use this opportunity mentioned before we were recording you all were doing some unique things with the audition process this year doing like one day camps in a multitude of cities yes yeah, so we're trying out a new thing i mean the full core is um where we kind of trying a bunch of regional one day auditions some other drum courses have done something similar but this is the first time phantom has really gone all out with it where we did we had an la one day audition where you can just sign up and you know sign up for your time slot and come do an individual and we'll give you your status for the callback camp in december we did one in dallas last sunday um we did one in tulsa Houston. We have one in Indianapolis next Sunday that Tyler and I will be at the, the day after BOA Grenats and the day after PASIC and everything. Um, and then we have one in Rockford, obviously, like the home camp. But those are all, we're changing it up just to, it, like you were talking about, Evan, it, it's a little more affordable. It, it's just like a smaller commitment to just do the audition process. And then when we come to December, it'll be back to like the normal mm -hmm. thing we're all used to with the full weekend. And that'll be the really like when we're stratifying everyone and figuring out who's going to be in the group is that December when we, I think we have six different locations for percussion that'll be coming together in December. I mean, Plus it makes perfect members. sense. It makes perfect sense to do it like that, at least for that first showing for an auditionee, because everything's getting more expensive nowadays, you know, travel costs. And if you can, if you have someone that is on the cusp of wanting to do it or not, maybe if they know they have a shot, they'll do it. It's like, Oh, there's one an hour away that I can drive through, do my individual, not have to buy plane tickets or any of that stuff, and see if they want to see me at all. So I don't potentially not waste my time because you still get educational benefits out of that clinic camp experience. But at the same time, it's like, I want to know if I got a shot here. If you're a little older, progressed in your career, it's like I can drive an hour and not have to use a plane ticket to see if this is like worth my time, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, exactly. And I guess I should also say, we started this last year, but we liked it. But we're also just accepting any and all video auditions as a, right, another right. function. If, you know, for example, if someone isn't driving distance, so they don't have to like fly to Rockford for one hour and come back. It was, yeah. you know, yeah. We needed that option as well. <laughs> but we're yeah. considering Makes all sense. of them the same. I mean, all those people will get a yes or no coming to December camp too. So I guess that's really like seven different areas we're pulling people in December. Yeah, it's good for the be, members. Yeah. And awesome. it's great for you guys. You guys get to sample probably more people that way because it's more convenient oh, yeah. for we've the already members. Had, we've already had like 
twice as much full core. I mean, just like the number, the amount of interest because of the regional thing. It's like we're only halfway done with the process, and I feel like it's already a success just because of the interest in the numbers. Right. And, and you know, from like a member perspective and like psychologically, <clears throat> like going to a camp, I remember was very intimidating when I was young. Like just the idea of like you're going in a room, like you you kind of almost feel like everybody in there is going to be judging you. You're playing in the full room, then you do your individual, but like just having like a time slot, like I can just show up and play and like, you know, like, yeah, we're trying to make it more like a, I don't know, like a professional audition, like, you're auditioning for the Air Force Band, you come in for your time and you play the thing. And I mean, it's that first step is going to be the same. Obviously, it's, it's different when you come in December. But yeah, just having I think I'm hoping it's going to make it like maybe mentally less stressful, honestly, because you don't have the social setting. You don't have like the awkwardness of being in the room and not knowing the exercise. Just come into the room and play what you play well for us so we can hear you play well. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, you know, judge you on what you do best rather than like the group thing where we just do our best to meet in the middle. But sometimes it's hard. You know, you've all taught those huge groups. You're trying to meet in the middle, but the range is so huge. It's like you can only do so much. Right, right. right. Makes sense. So I've got one more question. Um, What is the – so going into next season, what's the vet situation look like? How many do you think you're going to return? Do you know yet officially or – yeah, I should have this number memorized. I bet if you asked Tyler, he would know. But yeah, we have we do have uh, significantly more than we've ever had, obviously, and it, it is just all these all the members that you know liked what we did and want to come back and build on what we have, hopefully. And um, I know we have at least some in every section, at least two. I feel like I can think off the top of my head, maybe seven or eight in the front ensemble, which is going to be amazing. Nice. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't age out that many people in this group you know it was a pretty young percussion section probably because of what we talked about at the beginning that you know we were we're young and up and coming so maybe we didn't get as many of the age outs that were willing to take the chance but the people that were young that have the extra years i think they feel it you know that we're like starting something new and we're going to be on the up and up for a while so yeah for sure thankfully you know we're thankful that they they feel that way too and they're them coming back is what's making that whole thing possible you know yeah, makes perfect sense. I mean, it's definitely a testament to what you all were able to do in that first season. And like I said earlier, I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I can't wait to see what, what happens next summer. So, Yeah, looking forward to catching the the Phantom Regiment 2024. Uh, what's the show? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I want show title, musical selections, give us the uniform pick to put on our Instagram. We need all of this. Yeah, Exogenesis <laughs> again. Same. same thing. Run it Dude, back. They, they used to do that. Run it back. I know. Phantom Regiment. That's or, true. Uh, Phantom of the that. Opera. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> There's several shows that were back to back. Well, that was those were wild days. You guys got anything else? I don't think I've got anything else we need to hash out. I am good. Uh, again, we thanks for the time to come yeah. on and just like yeah. talk band with us and Much talk about what's going on and. Uh, in uh, phantom land and rockford and stuff so yeah looking forward to catching it this summer yeah thanks guys really appreciate it yeah so everybody comment like subscribe you know the drill share it share it with anyone you think would enjoy the content um facebook instagram patreon hit the join button here on youtube and we will see everybody in the next one peace